You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. This is Mark Bird. With me on the program today is my new friend, Joel Burton from Simple Street Ministries. Thanks for joining us today, Joel. Hey, Mark, it's great to be here. I'm glad I could uh, step in on this. This is awesome. Yeah, this is super fun. And this conversation is kind of impromptu, which is really cool because this is kind of what street preachers do. You know, they get up and they share from their heart, like right off the bat, like, hey, what's on your heart? And so, Joel, today, man, we're just going to dig into scripture a little bit. We're going to talk about what we have learned, what compels us, and really why. Why would you even go about this? Like, why are you a street preacher, Joel? Why are you? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's okay. So that's yeah, the question. <laughs> that's it, man. That's it. So why am I? I'm a street preacher because I have to understand that Jesus told us to go out and to compel the lost, to go into the highways and the byways and compel the lost that they'd be found in Christ Jesus. Yes. And that's a big biblical scripture for me to say, okay, then I must go. There you you go. know. The application in my life, I'd always felt like it was the call to go and to reach the lost, knowing that in the church, there shouldn't be that many lost in the church. Right. So the majority of the lost are outside of the church. And I'm a pretty logical person. There you go. There you go. (laughs) So they're outside. (laughs) Right. Right. That's why I do what I do, you know. I understand the heroin addict isn't coming, knocking the doors down. I understand the the young woman or the young man that's in human trafficking isn't knocking the doors down. Aren't you scared of those people, Joel? No. Okay. He that is okay. greater in me is greater than what's Amen. outside of me. Amen. I'm right? just I'm just thinking practically now as the listeners are listening, right? They're like right off the bat. Well, listen, I'm not a street preacher. This is what some people think, honestly, but. I love to hear this and I'm just I'm just keeping it real like keeping it practical because mm-hmm. those types of people that you just mentioned those frighten some of us Joel and it's only because we don't really know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. We listen. That's good. We listen to them. That's really good. We give them our time. That's you know right. Friday night we were out on the street and it wasn't until about midnight some of these young men came up and these young men knew some of the seven guys that were just killed in our city. Wow. And they were, you know, wearing their wife beaters and their pants are sagging and they were young guys, you know, and um, I'm not somebody that you would think would hang out with a couple young gang members, potentially with my beard, my camo and this and that. But it's love that transcends the outward image. Right. And that's what I want to unpack today is what is compelling you, Joel, to go and talk to them? Honestly, like what is motivating you? To be a solution. Amen to be a solution, to be, um, to be the change that I want to see in our communities. You know, these young guys, if I break down, I'm sorry. It's okay, brother. I want to keep it real. These young men are so close to the heat, are so close to tragedy every day. You know, and I asked them, I said, what, what, is, what can I do for you? What can I do to help you out of some of these issues? Mm. And Mark, what they said was just be there. Wow. Just be there, just presence. You know, on the street, we're passing out hot dogs and and little Debbies and popsicles and stuff like that. But they said, you don't have to do any of this. Wow. Just be there and be there when we're getting ready to make a bad decision. Make yourself available. That's so good. 
and that was it. And and it's not rocket science. Right on, <laughs> right on. And that's what we did, you know, for an hour that night. We shut the ministry down at midnight. They helped us pack up our trailer, and we just hung out with these young boys on the street. And eventually they wanted us to pray over them and pray for them. And actually one of them contacted me again today. So, Joel, they didn't require you to have half the Bible memorized? Contrary to popular belief, that is not a mandatory demand from them. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Of course, I'm being a little bit sarcastic in this, but listen, trying to get folks to think about this, like they, they didn't ask you for your business card. They didn't want to see your credentials. They didn't want to see my credentials at all. What did they, they wanted to hear? They wanted to hear my heart. That's they wanted it. to see my heart. That's right. And so you're a street preacher. Yeah. What are you saying to those people? I'm telling the the lost on the street that Jesus is still alive. Amen. I'm telling the lost to the street that hope is still readily available in an abundance. And I'm telling I'm telling those people that that I come from the church and I love them right where they're at. Amen. And that I have a message to bring them to a place of hope and that I want to be there. I want to be in the trenches with them. I want to meet them right where they're at. And so does Jesus more so than me, because I'm going to fail in that process, but he'll never fail in that process. That if they could try the things of this world, that they should probably try Jesus first, because that's the only true hope that I've ever found to be faithful more than anything was the hope that I find in Christ. Now, let me ask you this, Joel. This might be on someone's mind today. But what about hell? Is hell real? Oh, hell is real. If we believe in heaven, if we believe there's an afterlife, we have to believe that there's polars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? there's, yeah. There's a polar opposite of, of what is good. There's a, then there's got to be a place that's bad and a place that we don't want to end up. You know, we, we, there is a hell. There's a there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. There's an ultimate place for somebody that makes a really poor decision and not to trust in Jesus Christ. You know, and also, I mean, don't get me started. I don't know if you got to watch the live video of what I preached yesterday on the street, but it's a very unpopular message to the church. Right, brother. And um, about a rich man that had everything he thought he needed, yep. wound up in Hades, uh, looking afar off in Abraham's bosom. And uh, even that man, there was a golf fixed between him and those that he can never get back to. Amen. You know, and uh, there is, there is most certainly a hell. There is, but your focus is not telling the lost that they're going to hell. That is not my focus. Exactly. That is not my focus. Now you step inside my church and we'll get bare knuckle. Right. And that's, I believe where we ought to be bare knuckled is inside the church. But when we're outside on the street, uh, we are, you know, the, what did Paul say? Paul asked a rhetorical question. Is it the goodness of God that leads a man to repentance? Yes, it is the goodness of God that leads a man to repentance. And that goodness ought to be found in us. And to help do everything we can to get a young man or a young woman or somebody that's lost on the street to the goodness of God, that is the foremost opportunity that we have is to present the goodness of God to them. And yes, the goodness of God keeps the man from hell, but that's not the core base of my message. That's a different time. That's a different discussion. We believe in hell, and that's why we're so 
fervently, zealously trying to reach them through the love of Christ. That's right. It's because we believe that's exactly right. Yes, <laughs> yes. But they don't. They don't necessarily need to be reminded of where they're headed. No. They need. If if a man is thirsty, what is the first and foremost thing on his mind? Get me Cold a drink. Water. That's exactly right. Yeah. And so really what you're doing is you're presenting them with what they need. Absolutely. So what good. we all need. Right. Exactly I mean, right. I don't preach something and I don't I don't tell somebody or testify about something that I haven't gone through. Amen. Because if I don't do that, if I don't do that, it's not anointed. It hasn't been pressed, tested, or pushed. And so I don't believe it's been anointed. And I don't think yet that message would stick. The people need something real. They need something that we all need, um, and that—that that is the message of hope. If I base my ministry off the gates of hell, then that—that that is a scary place. Sinners know they're in sin. Sinners exactly. know that's they're doing it. wrong. Yep. That's not for me to tell them that they're doing wrong, and that—that that this. I mean, there's a point again. There is a discussion for that. There yes. is right. But when I'm out there broadcasting seed, and I'm out there giving people the best of what I've got. The, the best of anything I could do is filthy rags in his nose, but the best that can be done for me is once again, hope in Jesus Christ Amen. And, and giving, giving the people that love and that, that caring concern, being in their corner, being where they're at. Yeah. That shifts this mindset that some Christians have about street preachers. And this is what I'm mm-hmm. talking about, because what you're really doing is you're offering a drink of water to those that yeah. are extremely thirsty. And there yeah. are those that are extremely hungry. And sometimes yeah. they don't know what they're hungry and thirsty really for. Mm-hmm. But what you're offering, Joel, is you're offering what they need. You're offering the hope. You're offering the truth, the message of what Jesus Christ brings. Now let's talk about testimony for a minute, Joel. Like how important in your lifestyle of evangelism is your own testimony. How important is that? Like on a scale of one to 10, 10 yeah. being the, of greatest importance. Yeah. It's, I would say it's probably at like a, like a nine and a half, 10, maybe 11. <laughs> it's, it's very, very important uh, because I'm the story that they're reading. They need to, if, if they're hearing my words, my words are supported by my past. Wow. Right. Yep. And so uh, my testimony is hugely important to the people that I meet on the street because that's that that's the area that I came from. That's where I was. At. I was a head bouncer at bars. I was in a tattoo shop. You know, I was out there uh, making, creating a large majority of the mess that we see in Dayton today. <laughs> at one time, 15 years ago, I was, I was quite the mess. And um, for them to now hear that from me, you know, there's folks right now that would never, ever dream that that was my testimony or my story. Right. But out there on the street, they need to know that. They exactly. most certainly need to know my testimony and where, where the goodness of God has brought me from. And that's one of the things that the devil can't take away from you, ever. Oh, no. Right? No. Because that's it, man. It blacks that's... his eye. Exactly. It blacks his eye every day I wake up. <laughs> yeah. And so when, again, back to lifestyle evangelism, the whole thing is sharing your story. Just yeah, telling what Jesus delivered you from. Absolutely. I mean, let's just say on a recovery side. Yeah. You know, we deal with a lot of addicts, and one of our one of our shirts and the tag on our trailer says, "Tell me your story." Mm. You know, because the story that's the icebreaker of all icebreakers. 
the story of, and, and it, it opens up a conversation. But when we talk about recovery and, and folks that are going through addiction, that is one of their core principles, Mark, is to share their story so and good. to tell people how I overcame. And that's not even in a Christ-centered recovery program. That's in a that's in a worldly secular program to say, I need to share my story. Wow. So when you share your story, then with the anointing of God on it, the the breakthrough power of God, the the special I was pressed and came through, right? Anointing, uh, that takes the power and the delivery and reception to a whole different playing field. And it usually wins. Amen. That story always wins. That's the trump card right there, brother. It really is. I want to share out of Luke chapter 10 today. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Key right there, where he himself was about to go. So he didn't (laughs) send anybody where he wasn't about to go. Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. And that's what I love listening to your story. It's like, you're not going anywhere that Jesus wouldn't go himself and didn't go himself. And you're just following literally because you're a street preacher, but literally you're following the example that Jesus taught you, Joel. Yeah, it's to go. That's it. And then he says to them, the harvest therefore is truly great. Are you experiencing that? Are you experiencing the harvest, Joel? (laughs) 42 as of yesterday, baptized out on the street in a baptismal trailer. Amen. Uh, I mean, salvations yesterday, uh, healings taking place on the street. Yeah, we're experiencing quite the harvest. And we absolutely are. And the laborers are few. That's why we're doing this program, honestly. That's why I felt real compelled again to come back to this because the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. This is his harvest, Joel. Mm. You're working in his harvest. We're working in his harvest. This is for him. This is all for his glory. And he said, go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Carry neither money bag, sack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. But whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon it. If not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give. For the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter, when they receive you, eat such things as they set before you. And here's where I'm going to wrap up. Verse 9. And heal the sick who are there. Mm. And say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Mm. That's the message, Joel. The kingdom is now. The kingdom was then the kingdom was before us. The kingdom is now. Now wow. the kingdom is, brother. Yeah, it's here. <laughs> it's here. It's real. Jesus is still alive. Yeah. You're experiencing this. He's setting the captives free still mm, yeah. today. If we will just go. Absolutely. You know, we were talking, I just had this momentary vision 
of a massive wheat field mm. and one man out there with the sickle. Wow. Do you know how long it takes for that one man to work that field? That one man with a harvest that's all around him ready? Could you imagine how quick you'd get it done if he had a few more laborers out there with him harvesting that wheat field? Amen. So here's my point. If those people that are listening aren't stirred up, <laughs> I need to pray. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to commit to pray. Because this mm. is what Jesus is saying. If, if you take nothing else out of this program today, but you're compelled to pray for Joel Burton, for Simple Street, for the people that are going now, please pray for us, for laborers. But then again, examine your own heart. Because we invite you to come. So, Joel, do you only allow street preachers to come and help you? No. Exactly, right? You allow laborers, no don't you? I do. I allow I allow anybody that has a heart for the people to come out That's and help it. us. That's it. And you don't have to be a Methodist or only a Pentecost or only a <laughs> Baptist or only this. You're part of the kingdom of God. We Amen. believe that Jesus Christ was crucified and risen and talks about us every day in the courtroom of heaven. Yep. If you believe in that, I want you there. I That's want right. you out there serving and, and being a part of what God is doing. That's right. That's exactly what we want to say. We need your help. We need laborers, right? There are going yeah. to be people that will and can stand up and preach, but there are yeah. going to be others that we need to love mm -hmm. because that Absolutely. is what these folks need is love. Yeah, they need love. And we need to let love lead, right? That's our tagline, too. Yeah. Like, we need to let love lead. That's it, bro. Because that's, everybody needs love. Everybody does. Amen, bro. Any final thoughts, Joel? We just simply need to go and love. The world is being torn apart. Some days it seems just like limb by limb. And if there's one thing that we were all created to do, and to receive, it's simply love. Amen. You know, and if you're cold at heart, I would ask that you just pray. Don't pray for me, but pray for yourself that God would open your heart and open yourself to hurt for what hurts his. I want you to think about that is what I want you to do. What hurts my father's heart? What does he love? Where does he want to love? Go after that and just go after that. That's what I would ask. And I think this, Joel. Not everybody's called to go downtown. Not everybody's called to be on that street corner. But we're all called to go. And yeah. so lifestyle evangelism is living a lifestyle that shares Christ no matter where you are. Mm -hmm. If it's downtown, then praise the Lord. If it's in your workplace, in your cubicle, if it's in your classroom, wherever that is, just share the love of Christ because the need is exactly the same, whether the people are downtown or they're in your office building. Yeah. Share it at your home. Mm. I want to stress that I feel with urgency right now. We always talk about outside. We talk about work. We talk about this. Share it at your home. Share it at your home with your, your husband or your wife or your children. That's a great place to, to really craft it, but that's also a really good place for Jesus to be is in our home. 
and then carry that on outside because there are people, there are families out there that need to hear the story of how Christ wins at home. Amen, brother. Amen. Sorry, I just wanted to interject. No, no, that's so good because that's discipleship right there. That's where the rubber meets the road. And I think more Christians need to start there. I think you're right on the money. Joel, thanks for jumping on here with us, man. Thanks for sharing your heart, pouring out your heart, giving us some practical things, man. Thank you. And you've been listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at ShineFMOhio.com. The Shine FM Podcast Network.